Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Market View on Money FM 89.3. That's right, you're listening to Money FM 89.3 and it's now time for Market View where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market um, is likely to close for the day, the biggest movers, sectors and companies to watch. But as always, a quick recap of how we started. Well, Singapore shares were trading muted this morning after global equities ended higher overnight on earnings optimism. In early trade, the Straits Times Index was up by a marginal 0.04% to 3,085 points after nearly 42 million securities changed hands in the broader market. The numbers on the SGX are still firming up, but here's what we are looking at for the moment. The STI currently down 0.11% at 3,080 points. In terms of value turnover, we are looking at 799 million Sing dollars. Gainers outnumbered losers, though, 300 versus 298. Top five movers by value we have here DBS, UOB, SIA, Capital Land and and Singtel. Heavily traded securities included Citrium, ASL Marine and Gunting Singapore. Now, in terms of companies to watch, we do have Semcor Industries. Uh, Semcor Utilities its subsidiary signed a joint development study agreement with Indonesian utility firm PTPLN to explore the feasibility of green hydrogen production in Indonesia. Now, aside from Semcor Industries, we do have updates from a number of S-REIT managers. And further away, a slew of earnings out of Coca-Cola and 3M fueled optimism for the reporting season. But what can we expect out of the U.S.? Well, joining us on the show in studio with me is James Chiu, Chief Investment Officer, Southeast Asia and India at HSBC Global Private Banking and Wealth. James, welcome. Pleasure to be here. Great to have you as always. And let's start with the Singapore stock market, right? How did the STI fare today so far? Any surprises when it comes to the biggest movers? Well, I think it's very much uh, uh, almost um, uh, unchanged in, in yeah. most of the movements, taking the lead from very much uh, what happened in, in, in the US. So I, I would say that a lot of the uh, reactions were due to uh, kind of earnings and, and I think there, there isn't much uh, surprises on that front. Hmm. And let's zoom in on some of the companies to watch. Uh, we do have Semco Industries because uh, its subsidiary, Semco Utilities, signed this uh, joint development study agreement with PTPLN to explore green hydrogen production in Indonesia. And this is for export, of course, to Singapore. Broadly speaking, when we look at the green energy space in Southeast Asia, what is the outlook ahead? What opportunities does it provide to uh, SGX-listed firms, particularly those in the renewable space? Well, I think the green sector is going to be something that's going to be uh, potentially uh, growing over the next few years, uh, really because there's going to be a, a transition towards renewable energy. And mm-hmm. clearly, Singapore is a uh, land kind of a resource constraint. So you, you need to get a kind of a renewable energy from, from the, the region. And of course, that would mean that there will be more infrastructure, more spending to improve the power grids and the transmission of those uh, energy uh, that's going to, and to, power, to power the electricity systems in Singapore. So I, I think there's going to be uh, that sort of collaboration and that sort of investments into this space will be quite interesting in the years ahead. Hmm. And let's stay in Singapore, James. A number of updates from REITs as REITs, including Maple Tree Logistics Trust, Fraser Centerpoint Trust, Far East Hospitality Trust. Uh, how would you look into um, the distribution per unit numbers announced by the S REITs for the latest quarter? Any broader trends that we can pick up on the sector? 
Well, I think the SREIT sector has been affected by essentially uh, long-term bond yields. And yeah. I, I think that has uh, been the, the headwind for the SREIT sector for very much uh, throughout the course of this year. So it really depends, at least on the macro level, um, when the bond yield starts to stabilise. But on the individual company perspective, of course, uh, the, the REITs that have uh, good quality assets, able to raise its DPU, I think those would be something that uh, investors will watch out for. Mm, and don't mind me popping this question, uh, Jay. When you talked about U.S. Treasury yields and uh, higher bond yields, where do you think or when do you think we can stabilize at one point? And also, to what extent a higher yields a substitute for higher interest rates? Well, I, I think in terms of the bond yields uh, and bond volatility, it looks like it's here to stay. Of course, it really depends on inflation reading mm-hmm. and what the Fed's going to do. So um, it seems the markets are, are still pricing in uh, perhaps uh, some probability of even another uh, rate hike yeah. in December. So until those things start to clear, that, then we should see some stability in, in the bond market. But meanwhile, I think what's clear is that we are near the peak or if not at the peak of uh, where interest rates are. Hmm, we will talk more about that, especially uh, about the PC price index GDP numbers later on as far as the US is concerned. But uh, if you're just tuning in, we're now speaking to James Chu, Chief Investment Officer, Southeast Asia and India at HSBC Global Private Banking and Wealth. Looking at what's happening in the broader Southeast Asia region, uh, James, Vietnam reportedly planning to relax stock market settlement procedures for foreign investors. Now, this is seen as a critical measure to convince equity index managers to upgrade the country to emerging market status, set to attract hundreds of millions of US dollars of new investment should this happen. Take us through what this really means for the man in the street. Well, I think uh, Vietnam is uh, looking at some of the market reforms such as uh, settlement rules to Mm. make it more aligned internationally. So that would also mean that um, that there is a chance that uh, major indices might include uh, Vietnam into their index. So that could bring in more funds, uh, particularly in passive uh, ETFs that follow um, uh, these major indices. And of course, there are active uh, kind of fund managers that want to position ahead of such uh, inclusion. But I think clearly uh, for Vietnam, it's, it's a case whereby the financial market is going to develop alongside its economic growth, which has been very strong. And I think that uh, these are progress and I think these are good things that, that are happening for the economy and country. Mm, how far is Vietnam an interesting market for retail investors to go into in that sense? Well, I think for a retail investor, they should think about investing from a kind of a global diversification perspective. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And of course, Vietnam can uh, provide that diversification benefit. But I think the starting point, of course, is to yeah. usually uh, move out of the local uh, kind of bias uh, investing and look out to uh, more global opportunities outside of, of uh, perhaps uh, the, the local context. Mm. And further away, James, uh, let's take a look at what's happening in the US. As we mentioned in the introduction, a slew of earnings out of Coca-Cola and 3M really fueling optimism for the reporting season. I believe Meta, IBM, they are on deck today. What do you expect the earnings season to look like on the whole? And what bearing will this have on the US and Asian stock market? Well, I think if you look at the earnings outlook for the U.S. stock markets as a whole over the last Mm. three quarters, uh, it has been a a kind of a negative uh, earnings uh, outlook. But this quarter, Q3, it seemed like this time around, at least on a a combined level, there might be a turnaround where we might get a positive uh, kind of earnings outlook. So I think from that perspective, it's a turnaround from from that uh, earnings contraction that we've seen. And I think this turnaround is quite important. And also... Mm. 
um, it might set the stage for a stronger earnings outlook for 2024, given that the economy is still fairly resilient, especially in the US. And of course, uh, many of the big uh, companies are still reporting quite strong uh, earnings guidance uh, for next year. Hmm. We talked about market optimism and the US, but as we know, the PCE price index, the Fed's preferred inflation gauge and Q3 GDP numbers are due later this week. How far do you think that will throw a span in the works, reverse that optimism that we saw earlier? Well, I think the good news so far is that PCE inflation is actually falling and, and mm. moving uh, uh, steadily lower. Uh, but I suspect, of course, um, we have to always be vigilant because you might get a, a month where the reading can, can pick up. Yep. Uh, and of course, that might create more volatility, particularly uh, bond markets. Uh, that might trigger some volatility there. And of course, a spillover. So something to watch out for. But I think generally the trend for core inflation should be going down. Well, let's hope for that in the coming days. Thanks a lot, James. That was James Chu, Chief Investment Officer, Southeast Asia and India at HSBC Global Private Banking and Wealth. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.